0: Okay, hey, good morning, gentlemen. Um, it looks like right now I will not be here tomorrow. I'm going away for Shabbos, so I'm going to. Um, hopefully, the podcast will be up, and um, Sunday also will have to be podcast. But I hope, hope I'll be live also Sunday morning. But I won't be here in Beth Jacob. Uh, and then I'll, I should be back Sunday night uh, if everything goes well. Right. So Rabbi Newberger is giving the year over Shabbos. Yeah, that's a shame. So what, what is your link for your live Oh so so I'll give it to you afterwards. Okay. 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 Yeah, tomorrow morning I don't think I'll be live. My wife likes to get to the airport early, so <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh I I would I would I would whatever. The you have to make the piece, so that's the uh Okay. So uh yes, yeah, so there'll be no live tomorrow, I don't think. Unless Mashiach comes and uh one has to do this uh At Cleveland's a shame. Okay. So we're on we're at the let's go back to the Mishnah over here on your Daladam at Bayes fourteen fourteen B. Um I, I I discovered what the problem is that um with this mission the, the problem is that you know, it's emotional, like, I'm worried about this poor girl that was, uh, was raped, it's awful, you know, and so it's hard to get past that and just say, well, what's the halacha? It. It, you know, it's, of course, it's terrible, and we're going to, you know, have to make sure it doesn't happen, and, you know, the poor, you know, the, but the, the question, though, is, she became pregnant, and we have to figure out, how do we decide what the lineage is of the, of the person she became pregnant from? or if she uh, wants to marry a kohen, how do we decide that? And so you really kind of have to, when you're learning Gemara, Gemara is always about the halacha. You can always put in the emotional part afterwards, you know, how do they deal with this, and how do they deal with that, and the, um, you know, but it, that, that's what I found. I, I was very focused on waiting to see, you know, or whatever, the, but that's not the issue. It's just a question of what's the halachic status? We don't know who had relations with this woman, uh, so now it'll we you. So, there was a story once where a young woman went down to fill up the water from the well in and she was coerced. Yeah. On your Dalit 14b at the Mishnah. Yeah, yeah, it's a child, yeah. Which usually means below three, no? I don't think she would have gotten pregnant, necessarily, but... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. The but I think it, it it includes older. The question you're you're asking if the word sinocas could also mean like a young woman or is it specifically mean a child? I don't know. Okay. So, uh, but let's see what the halachas. If most of the people of the city, and we're assuming that this happened in the city, so the people, somebody who had relations with her was definitely a member of the city. And uh, most of those members were Jewish people that would, would have not made her ineligible to marry a Kohen. So when she grows up, she's still fully eligible to marry a Kohen. Because we go after the majority. That's a uh, Often we, we consistently find that the majority is an important factor. And if we're not sure about something, we're allowed to follow the majority. So... Until now, we've been going in multiple opinions about these types of things. Uh, who does he fit in with the scale? if he goes like Rigamlio, Felroyib Sulim, even if it's a city where most of the people, let's say, would be non jews Still, the woman would be kosher because we go, when we begin a doubt, we go back to her kazaka. She starts off she starts off fit to bury a Kohen. Something happened. Uh, and we don't know. So when we're in doubt, we go back to where we did know. We go with a Chazaka Mikara. That's, so like Rav Yochananur, it wouldn't really matter if most of the people were as long as there were some that were Jews, so she's still kosher. And Ike Rav Yeshua, Rav said, a filu rov nami pasel. He says, no, he says that we, we um, even, if they're, they're, uh, <clears throat> even if it's a majority, it's puzzle. So is this a new opinion or what? The case is... This happened in the marketplace in Sipori. Now, a marketplace uh, meant the farmers used to come up from the towns, from around the city to the market. They weren't from those parts. So we assumed until now that we've got a finite group of people that live nearby, and they're all from the shtetl, they're all yidden. But since it's the marketplace... All bets are off because you 've got all kinds of this word karno really means wagons. The wagons are coming from all the different cities for the marketplace, and so uh therefore you could have a uh, a larger group potentially that could have been uh the guilty party here He says most of this was a Jewish market with uh, Jewish farmers that came up, so most of the people that were traveling there. Uh, were kosher. This actually works out as a double, doubly uh, uh, good in a sense, because most of the local city were uh, kosher lakahuna, and most of the market people that came up were also kosher lakahuna. That's the way he learned the case. Uh, and if she has relations on the wagon, she's kosher lakahuna. So Moore is a little shocked here. Uh, who's talking about wagons? uh the carnos i mean somebody has to have relations in a wagon like you know what what's the deal with that so morris uh, and and we we didn't seem to be talking about the specific type of place uh where this took place so morris el we mean during the time when those wagons showed up in other words the it's when the trains come in in other words the the market time meant that the wagons came doesn't mean, it had nothing to do with being in a wagon. It meant the overall time when the, the wagons were all parked there, so you had a lot of strangers hanging around, uh, but most of those stra- strangers were people that were kasher lakuna. Uh, now, the Gemara, though, wants to say, avu pirish elchem uh if a different situation happened where a resident was the one who did it, Ubol, and he was the one who coerced this woman, so then, you're then the woman's in trouble uh, because havlach stuki. Then, if you ask about the dad, is he kosher or is he this? Shh! Don't ask too many questions. Stuki. <laughs> that uh, let's see. Rashi Avapir pirsha mitzipor diyadin vade de ir If you know he was from that city, even though that city was mostly uh, kosher people, uh, but that wouldn't be enough. It has to be. It's a double rove. Most of the people in the city, and most of the people that were traveling through, the, I think the reality is this. Again, this is my own svara, but likely the, we like to think the criminal is is the pagan or a, a hired help or somebody of no morals. Uh, and so, even though most of the people in town are Jews, I'd like to think they wouldn't have been the one that would have uh, harmed this woman. But we have a double rove when you have most of the people in town and. Most of the travelers, so it's like two things to latch on to, but if you only had one thing to latch on to, I don't know that I would look around in Shul and say, "Let's count <laughs> where most of the people are from." You know, or, most of the people are the likely rapists. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe that's enough, or maybe not. But when you have a double rove, uh, that that seems to help us over here to have a double rove. But one rove, we'd call the child the shtuki. Why Shasa means like to be quiet. So, the, what it means is that uh, people, uh, if people are going to ask, you know, everybody, you know, they see the father and they ask, who's this kid's father? you know, or or the child approaches the, the stepfather and says, you're my daddy. Basically, we it's an unknown father or an embarrassed father. And so they call him a shtuki, which means shh, you know. Shh, call me Is is it that the status now changes because he's taken himself out of a group? No, no, because it's only one rove. In other words, the well is like outside of town, and so you got the shopping mall, and then you have the city. We don't know if it came from the wagons of the shopping, uh, the man who was there was from the wagons who were there encamped, or if he was from the city. But since we have a double rove, we follow it. But if you saw that the person, they, you know, there were witnesses that the man left the city, so then you only have a single rove. That wouldn't be enough to make it kosher. Okay, Rashi, I mean, Rashi does say the yadin and vaday the the Minha'ir. Yeah, yeah, in other words, not from the caravans. So you don't have the second rove in this case. Um, so I, I, was trying to explain why are you reluctant to rely on one rove? And so I was trying to say as far as that, you know, I hopefully, but not the majority of people would have been, uh, people that would have done such a thing. I made that far up. I don't know if it's a good far or not, but, um, we want more than one rove. All, all we have going for us is, well, most of the people that likely did it. And sometimes to make husher for kahuna, we need better than that. So what the Gemara is trying to say is we have a double rove. Most of the people in the city were kosher, and most of the people in the wagons in the market were kosher. So when we have two roves, two roves is enough to declare her kosher. If we only had one rove, if we knew it was somebody from the city, that would only be one rove. So even though you do have still the majority, but we want more than that. We're looking for something. Um, we're trying to to be lenient over here and not t- not take away that she can't marry a Cohen later on. Uh, so, but we're saying you need to have at least uh, two roves. Two roves is better than one. And that's, uh, it, it, the truth is it needs explanation. It needs what we call Hesburn. You need to say, somebody needs to explain why, but that's what it means. It's, that's the way Rashi learns uh, you got the double rove over here. Now, where do you find such a thing? Ki asa revdimi It's... Um, it, you have to. You look at the rove of the city. It's not enough to go after the people that travel through. So the mor said, uh, shouldn't, it, shouldn't he have worded it the other way around? The people that travel through are moving, and the people that are in the city, uh, they're here. Uh, meaning, which of the two roves is the one that helps us more? So. Now we're going to get into the laws of when you follow the majority and when you don't in other areas of halacha. When when is rove enough? And it's going to get complicated a little bit uh, because we have another rule. when um, When something's in a set place, you don't usually look at rove. You don't usually look at the majority. We say that either it was in that set place or it wasn't. When something's not in a set place, then you look at most of the travelers that come through. So... The question here is, was this a traveler, or was this a, uh, which is the, the one over here that, that will help us? The, which one is the most likely, the fact that there are people traveling through, or at least as far as the rov? <inaudible> the more it means, we follow the majority of the city, which happens to be, is a set thing. <inaudible> but together with that, the majority of the people that travel through uh, that will um, that will allow us to declare her kosher lekahuna. And we wouldn't be able to do it if we only had the majority of the city. Or if we only had the majority of travelers. My time. What's the reason? Because we decree when the majority of the travelers. When you only have the majority of the city. And even if you have. Basically, what we're going to try to say is the ear wouldn't be enough. Uh, if all we had was uh, there were no travelers, there were no wagons, there was just uh, the, a man from the city, and uh, the question was, what's the halakhic status of that man? So the, the fact that most of the residents wouldn't be enough to declare the, that uh, it would be kosher for kahuna, it, we, we would uh, then say uh, we wouldn't judge it as a majority. When something is kavua, when something is like set, it's not a moving target, we don't always use the majority. Um, it's like we're going to see somebody went to town and picked up a sandwich. Uh, you, you're, at, you're at the train station and uh, you need some, uh, you ask Uber Eats and you pick up a sandwich. And uh, have, by the way, the, one of the most notorious things on the internet is that they have non kosher restaurants that they say kosher on. You really can't relate it's, it's all like originally we tried to take on the internet. Uh, we, you know, like we had to try to stop, you know, we got nowhere, but it was like, uh, looking back was like a silly thing, but you can Google like kosher pizza shop and you get the, you know, it, maybe the first one will be the kosher one and the other three will be, uh, the regular pizza shops or whatever. Like, uh, if you're lucky, you Google kosher deli, you're going to get every deli in the world. <laughs> it's just, uh, you, you just can't go by what the information you see. Um, and so, uh, uh, here the, but let's say you send somebody into town to get you a corned beef sandwich and there's one kosher shop and there's one not. There's two kosher shops and one non-kosher. And they bring you the sandwich. So can you follow the majority? So here the problem is they either went to the kosher shop or they went to the trade shop. We're not going to let you eat that. Uh, but if you, find, uh, uh, if you find the sandwich wrapped up uh, that wasn't purchased in the shop, then you could follow the majority. It has to do with the way, uh, when it is you can follow the majority. Again, it's, a, it's really a complicated subject, but when, the, when somebody goes to a set place, you can't always follow the majority. When you, something's not in a set place and we have nothing else to go by, when something's in a set place, we try to find out where was that place, well, which store did you go to, which butcher shop did you enter. You know, we can't automatically assume that you went to the majority. You could have gone to anyone. Whereas when something's not in a set place and we have nothing else to go by, then we're allowed to follow the majority. But it is a, a deeper subject as to the why of it. It's uh, this question. But that is the halacha, that we follow rov when we say kavua. When, when it's in a set place, we don't say rov. We look at it as like 50-50. You need more information. Somebody went to a butcher shop. We're not going to say follow the majority. What do you mean majority? You went to a place. It, it wasn't kosher. You can't prove it's kosher. We're not going to let you eat there. But if you have, it wasn't from a specific place. But something has. Uh, it's a moving target. Then you're allowed to follow the majority. We'll see it in the words. But that's that is the rule. Um, so here, therefore, here we were reluctant to rely on a case of somebody that was in a set place in the city. But if it came from the outside or the city, we'll follow the majorities. So, uh, If they, um, uh, they went to, to her from the city called the Parish Marubakar Parish. So why wouldn't we say uh, that they left the city and they went to the well or they went outside? And this again is not... It, it's not that we went in a specific place that we can't follow the majority. We have to find out where that place is. No, it it isn't the majority. So the said, No, she was lured into a set place. Uh, she she went to them. Or the case the case that we're debating is where the person was in a set place. The Kavua. This word Kavua is like a set place. But Omar ibn, Zayru, ibn Zayru said, you can't rely on the majority when something takes place in a set place, even though the majority of places are good or bad, depending on the case. But there we say, Kol kavua when it's in a set place, we say either it was kosher or it was not. You have no right to assume it was the kosher one. Umi rof. Is that really such a strong requirement over here that we need the double rof? Again, it's... Uh, uh, we we're, we're very stru- We seem to say the only reason we declared her kosher lekahuna is because the the majority of the city were kosher people and the majority of the wagon drivers were kosher people. But we needed both. Is that true that we need both? And this, by the way, is the prototype of the case of Rov. This is the one they always bring. Um, and it's in the area where you have to study to be a rabbi about this, this uh, rove. It's in Taruvas, in Shulchan Aruch. And it's one of those big subjects uh, that people study is about rove and kazaka. But the rule is like this. There's nine butcher stores. Kul namolcho shkuta. And all those nine only sell kosher meat. And wouldn't you know, and you got that one butcher store that sells basar nevela, the treif meat. Now, a certain percentage of all meat is treif. You know, you get it, it's torn and the, uh, the, the shokat slipped a little bit. Uh, he hit the backbone. other you words, know, sometimes it's not supposed to go too far when he cuts the neck. Because if he hits the, the, the bone in the back, he can mess up the shkita. So it, let's say uh, the one, so what are you going to do with that animal that became a carcass? What do you do with that? So that gets sold in the other store. But somebody didn't realize that where there was one trade store. He went to one of them. <laughs> Today you'd say somebody went to a Krispy Kreme and you don't know if he came from the kosher Krispy Kreme or are the, the majority of the Krispy Kremes kosher or not, you know, which one. So he got from one of them, he doesn't know which one he got from them. So, so that's actually what happened. People go to the office and there's a box there. They have no idea which one it came from. get that question all the time. But at any rate, so, So uh, if it's in a set place uh, and it's, you're in doubt, you, when in doubt, you don't use it. But if it wasn't in a set place, it was just found, somebody finds, uh, then then you can follow the majority. The key tema the question is were the doors of this city locked, the gates of this city locked? It didn't come from the city, maybe it came from outside the city. And the majority is from outside. Even there the doors even if the doors are locked, this, we're very careful with kohanim, we, uh, the, the bottom line is we only said over here that we were lenient because of the double, the double rove. We like the idea that there was a double rove. With a single rove, we weren't ready to declare her kosher kahuna. We take this kahuna lineage very seriously. Okay, fine. Kufa, let's go look at that halacha again about the majority. The, separate from our, nothing to do with our case, there'll be many other cases where the majority applies. What is that halacha that when it's in a set place, we don't follow the majority? And when we say we don't follow the majority, we look at it like it's 50-50, which means you, you can't assume it's okay. But when it's not in a set place, then you can assume it came from the majority. And when it's in a set place, it's 50-50. Whether it's, that's a lenient halacha, whether it's a strict halacha. Where did Rav get this halacha from? So let's start some interesting cases. Elay, Metisha Kaneas. if he's going back to the nine stores, Kulamochas nine of them are selling shecht and kosher meat, one selling treif meat, and the messenger went to a store, and he doesn't know which one. Sve. There we say, when you're in doubt, you can't file the majority, it's forbidden. Nimsa. but if you find a, a, a piece of meat, nobody went to a store. You just find a piece of meat left in the hotel, left in the park. So there you could file the majority. The answer, there we're actually being strict. I don't know how comfortable you'd be if somebody said maybe it came from the trey for butcher shop. So there we could be strict. So um, we need to know that this halacha of when you file the majority, would you even not file the majority to be lenient? What's the case of not filing the majority to be lenient? So, alimitish Svardim. Ten Uh Ten frogs. you got, I'm sorry, nine frogs. it's echad b'neiham. And one creepy. So the rule is a dead frog doesn't make you tame. A person tame. A dead creepy would. So a person... Uh, he he uh, he stuck his hand in the in the bucket. I don't know if they eat frogs legs or whatever. they, uh, they you go to Vietnam or something, Korea. They, you know, you never know if what's on the menu. If it's a cat or a dog, they say if you see a cat outside the restaurant, it's uh, all bets are off. What the, the special <laughs> and the soup is or whatever. The uh, it's it, they they eat all kinds of things. So a person uh, there's uh, there's nine frogs and another species. Some type, one of the creepy lizard species that's not that's tame. And he stuck his hand and he touched one, and then he realized what was in the bag. You know, whoops. So, the Day and he doesn't know which one he touched. So, we say, Sveko Tame. He's not sure. So, uh, over there, we say, uh, even though the majority were, were Tahar, we don't follow the majority. We say, uh, over there, uh, we say, look, um, uh, we say he's Tame. So the said, That's also a chumrah step. We're saying chumrah that he's likely he touched the cre- the dead creepy, even though that, that's not the majority." So the said, "Maybe the case is the other way around. There's nine in the majority were tame, and there's one that's uh, besfaradei achas and one one frog that's not tame. But now touches one, and he doesn't know which one he touched. So it, here it depends on where um, in the laws of tumah with." Again, we're jumping into some halachas that are, are long developed and we're not going to fully uh, understand all the whys just from over here. Maybe when we get to Hulin we'll have a chance to really... Um, the, the, when you have a doubt about Tumah, we look at whether it was in a private area or a public area. That, that's the halakh of a Tumah. Shusaram, shusayah. It has to do, believe it or not, with the laws of sota, That's one of the sources we learn out from. So the rule is like this. If you touched it, if it happened in your house, you're not sure you're tama. Bishrus, harabim if it happened in the in the public area. So there's Feikotar. Then when you're in doubt we say it's Torah. So um, that so this question of touching the dead creepy, we look at where it happened, in a private place or a public place. Ooh, so more said, is this a Torah? halakha It doesn't sound like a Torah. Is it a Rabbinicala Midarisa Minol? How do you know Minotara? a Kraud says like this uh V'orivlov, Kimlolov, Achis Kavanlo. Uh, the, here we're talking about murder. You throw a stone, somebody throws a stone, and, and it kills someone. So uh, we're going to prosecute him as a murderer. So uh, he waited for him, and he jumped on him, and he dropped a stone on his head, and he killed him. So, But we learn out from those words, it has to be that he intended to kill him. Let's say he just uh, loosened a stone, and somebody by accident got killed. We're not going to prosecute him as a killer. He had to have been trying to have the stone hit him. For rabbanu, prat. What it comes to exclude Lazorik, Evan, Lagai. It comes to exclude the. Uh, you have this every, every every now and then. You read about some high school kids that are really bored, and they toss stones on the highway, and somebody gets killed. It's very dangerous stuff. Somehow, that's like a school prank, uh, and the, the the kid's a murderer. He killed somebody. So the the, the halacha is though he has to intend. Could be he is intending to, you know. I don't know. It's just not thinking. But if he has to intend to kill the person, he does not enough to random throw a stone and kill somebody. So hey, what's the case? So is the the penalty. Uh, we don't kill somebody if he killed a non-Jew. We might put him in jail. We might have other penalties. But the halacha is the penalty of Mises for killing a Jew. So he killed somebody. He 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 tossed a stone off the highway and it landed on somebody. So what's the case? If most of the people who were there were non-Jewish, and there was one Jew, so the question is, did he kill a Jew? Tefik later rov kananin menu. If he didn't, we don't even know if he killed a Jew, so then we filed the majority, and then we let him off. Inami, even if it's half and half, we're not going to kill him because of a maybe. No, most of the people were Jews, and there was one goy. kavua but since there was one Goy and it was in his place, Kolkavua, what do we say? It's like 50-50. So uh, maybe we should kill him. So it omarav omarav Getting back to our case of the, uh, the majority, uh, he, we want to say that was a unique thing. It didn't happen um, uh, um, the... Um, one second. This is the case of Rev Nachman was a one time uh that's the that's the case we just had. It, it, the question is was this a standard halacha or was this a one time thing? We're trying to say this was a one time thing. In other words, they usually you need a double majority. But over here we said it was let's see the Rashi Harashastai stuff. I'm just trying to think of that. Oh, Rav Yochanan that uh, by, the, by the case of the woman, this was, a, it was the need of the moment. I, I think, again, because was, it was so unfortunate, they, they, they didn't want to make it even worse and say now she can't marry a Kohen. So it was a one-time thing to be lenient and to allow one majority. about Haisa. Oh, Ro, Shamshar Side Heker, Dvorim Lahata. Or they saw other reasons to be lenient. But in all cases, you typically would need two majorities. Like we said, one majority of the city and one majority of those that pass by. But normally one alone, one majority alone isn't enough uh for us to uh to be lenient. Uh so that's that's what we want to say. Back to the more three lines from the bottom. How do we pass in it, Rashi No, it was a one time thing. Mie is a question. So, uh, we've kind of thrown uh, an, an, an interest. We, we typically say you can follow the majority. And Argamore is saying, well, not so fast. <laughs> only double majorities. You need more than one majority. We feel uncomfortable relying just on the majority. What about the minority? I mean, the majority is only, is only uh, uh, 51%. And it's not a big, you know, 49%. Are, you tell me we can follow the majority. Uh, what about a life or death case? What about a trafe case? Are you going to follow is the majority enough? So we seem to be saying you need more than that. So now the more wants to know. Well, what about lineage? Ulayuksin and lo trey rov. Do you mean to say if you hold halacha, is one majority is enough? Again, is it was that a one-time thing or was it the standard halacha? That was just the debate we brought. So is lineage for lineage lo and trey Don't you need a double rov? But tonight, as we turn the page, motzabotinuch mushlach. You find a child thrown out. Meaning, the, you know, the, the caravan left and there's a kid there. The kid was tossed out, tossed out of the wagon. Um, abandoned kid. The Rav uh, Shachzetzal was, the, uh, uh, was the, the, the Godel Ador in the whole world, really, uh, maybe about 20 years ago. Um, he had a story when he was little. His, his older sister went to Davin Yom Kippur or whatever, or, or his mother, and he, the gypsies came by and they grabbed him. A little kid, and he would—he would, his fate would have been in the gypsies. And uh, I think his older brother chased after them, or threw a stick at them, and they let him go. And so it was like the—you know—his whole life he thought about that. You know, what could have happened? Uh, the kids were—kids were picked up; they were—they were grabbed. You know, off the streets in those days, you could grab a kid, and sometimes a kid was tossed. Uh, Ruchai Brisker's—that's how—used uh, to have babies on his doorstep because uh, they knew he was the rabbi of the city; he would take care of them. He would make sure they got adopted and they were cared for. And uh, uh, those days, people were embarrassed to have a kid out of wedlock because uh, they'd want to remarry. And so they would just not let anybody know they were pregnant. And then they had the kid. They would leave it on the rabbi's doorstep. So you have, you have a kid on your doorstep. So where to come from? Who is he? Is he Jewish? Is it not Jewish? You don't know anything, right? So what do you do? So Tinuk Mushloch, you got that kid uh, over there. And it's in a city where uh, you have Jews and non-Jews there. So, im rov, over the Chachavim, well, you look at the majority. If most of the city are pagans, then the kids are pagan. Im rov Yisrael, if most city is Jewish, Yisrael. Meksal, Mexa, what if it's 50-50? Then we, uh, we go with, we say it's Yisrael. Vom no, la That's only if it's a question uh, to keep alive, you know, to, to support him. If it's 50 50, has to be strict and give full support. Rashi <laughs> chayosa. Chaosah. in mitsuven le Parnaso. The courts are required to pay for a kid who doesn't have parents. Meshum Chai Achika Imuch. So even though it's a, uh, he might be a goy, if it's 50 50, the base has to pay him. <laughs> but to say he's Jewish, you can't marry him unless he undergoes a conversion. Uh, Today it's very common, especially in Israel, where they got people coming from Ethiopia and all over the world, funny tribes. They just have them convert. You know, that's the that's the that solves all the, you know, the there are a lot of questions whether they they were descended from Jews, they were people that followed the Bible. Who knows? Like you know, so it, the majority were Jews. But the bottom line is, it's easier to just for Yuchs and Yichus, you just have them uh, convert. The question is. Somebody's buried under the rubble, and it's Shabbos. So, if the majority of people are Jewish, you can violate the Shabbos to have the to save the child. Ishchemitzah, ah, you forgot something. This happened in near the marketplace of Tzipori, where you had the wagons, where you have the double roif. But he said you don't typically foul the majority. So high mind of Masnehai, Lo Masnehai, There are different opinions whether one majority is enough uh, to follow to assume the child would be Jewish or not. Gufa, let's look at that halacha. Mot Botinik You find an abandoned baby, If the most of the people in that area are pagans, you have to assume the child's a pagan. Im Roy Visrael Im Roy fifty fifty, then you can say it's Yisrael. Oh That's when it comes to support. But to, for marriage, you need better than that. The question is if he's, uh, whether everybody has to go digging on Shabbos <coughs> to remove the rubble. All the Jews do. When it comes to pikuik nefesh, we don't follow the rove even less than rove. Uh, usually in, when someone's under the rubble, it's pikuik nefesh. You've got to get him as soon as possible. So we're going on the first part. So we're going if most of the time most are pagans, he's a pagan. He said when it comes to the rubble we don't go like that. So then what do we mean? He's saying that we'll clear the rubble even if he's not the majority, even if there's a chance it's a Jew, you've got to clear the rubble. So then where is the halacha uh, uh, that we follow the rove uh, uh, for a goy? The answer is what kind of food to give him. In other words, you got this baby and the baby uh, was, uh, the majority of the people are non-Jews. And uh, we're saying that you want to feed him, can you feed him treif? So, im rov Yisrael, if you found him in Muncie or you found him in, uh, in, in Tokohil, you know, I don't even, Hill. I don't think we're the rov here. I'd be surprised. But if it's a city where you have the rov, so then you assume it's Yisrael. Uh, rov Yisrael, Yisrael, lamai uh So, im rov Yisrael, um, So, what other halacha? Um, So, uh, we seem to say there's another halacha that you follow the robe. So, also, if you're obligated to give back, uh, to chase after his lost object, somebody loses a goat. So, it's a big deal to pick up someone else's goat and feed it and care for it, to bring it back to him. If he's not Jewish, you're not obligated to, to chase after his goat. If he's Jewish, you have a mitzvah. So, the question is, is he Jewish? So, if he's the majority of Jewish, you have to assume he is, and you've got to return his lost object. Mexa, Mexa, 50 50. So, Yisrael, you assume he's Jewish. also for damages. what's the case? Who's the damage? Is he the one who damages, or is he the damager? E If our ox hits his cocks. So, Lamele, I see right, Yisrael. So, the rule is, that you have to pay more if you damage a Jew, but if it's a non jew you can go by the laws of the land and and uh uh the laws of the land wouldn't necessarily obligate you so if your ox hit his ox, so prove you're a Jew and then we'll pay you los Ri di du tordi da. no he's the guilty party, his ox killed us, so the rule is the first few times until uh, you pay half if it's a non jew he's got to pay all of damages, so the edict palga over here. Uh, maybe he's a non-Jew and you could get all the damages. He can say to you, I see raya. Uh, well, maybe you could prove that I'm a Jew or prove that I'm not a, a Jew and then you could collect the rest. So at the end here, we had a case where you had a child that was uh, tossed Meaning, we and we have no idea, he fell off the There was another story, I think it was the Shagas They were traveling in the winter on a sled and the baby fell off the sled and they, uh, they, nobody noticed, you know, and they're a little further and said, did you see, how oh, the baby's been so good? It's quiet. <laughs> and, uh, they look back on the sled, you know, it's, 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 you know, they, they, they lived in these cold areas and it's snowing and there was no baby. And so then they went back. Um, they, they, then, all right, we have to go back where the baby fall off. You know, they, they hit a bump, Boop. you know, the baby fell off and they, they, uh, I think they got there. He was still alive. I think then you know, there, and that I think there's more. To that, there's like a wolf guarding him or something. There was like a, I don't know if he was guarding him or he was waiting to see. Uh, but uh, that's uh, uh, So you have this baby that you don't know, and so the question is: there are a number of areas of halacha that we've gone through whether you could follow the majority or not. So um, we mentioned uh, the first question was what's his lineage. That was one question. Then we had a question. Uh, whether the community has to feed him, the Jewish community, or they can leave it up to the non-Jewish community. Then we had a question, uh, if you had, he was in a, um, uh, do you follow the majority if there's a uh, landslide uh, to dig people up? Then we had a question whether you're allowed to feed them treif, then we had a question whether you're allowed to return their lost object, and then we had a question for the laws of damages. The laws of damages are different for a Jew and a non-Jew. There, there's the idea that when it comes to your brother, you go the extra nine yards. We don't know if he's our brother. So that's the question. Do we follow the majority and say he's my brother or not? And, and though, all those questions were what the Gomorrah was grappling with. Okay, new mission. Ha'ishish in ar is garsha, a woman who's widowed or divorced. Um, so, and now she wants to collect Jaksuva. And she can't find it. She doesn't have the document that's why now they they do artwork and they put it on the wall it's not easy to lose like that right (laughs) so um it's a funny thing to want to advertise you know in case case you decide to dump me and we don't get along so then i got you you know or or after you die here's my you know but people do it they put it up in their living room they make it uh, nice and beautiful so but it it is one good thing you won't lose it hopefully so uh but they can't find the Xuva. And uh, the attorney for the estate said, um, uh, were you a uh, widow when you got married or were you a virgin? Are you going to, um, how big is your ksuva? And she said, of course, I was single. I was a virgin. I'm entitled to the full double ksuva. And he says, prove it. Maybe that, maybe you were married already and you're only entitled to this. And, you know, if you go to a court, you have to prove something. You You have to have evidence. So... Uh, she said, she tells them, I married as as a virgin, Masunasani. Vahu Omar, and he, the husband or the estate, they say, No, El Almanim, you were married, you were you were a widow. So im Yeish. So let's say we have witnesses who were at the wedding. So you could find somebody who was at that wedding. That's so im yesh So a virgin wedding was different than a non virgin wedding. The, the virgins wore a hnuma. Uh, so uh, they, they were going to see, basically, the hair was uncovered. They, uh, people who were already widows, they typically covered their hair. But if, they, if there was a virgin and her hair was uncovered, somebody was at that wedding, and they could tell by the way the ceremony was, it was a first-time wedding, uh, then they're going to collect the two hundred. So Rabbi Yochum Um says, usually a, a woman who was never married, their weddings are, are, they go all, all out on the weddings. The second time around, they're, they're not always done in a fancy way. So the first one was the dress of the bride. Again, a virgin bride was different than a non-virgin bride. The, uh, the second one was whether they had snacks for the kids. They had goodie bags. So the fancy weddings used to have goodie bags for the kids. They're called chila the kids weren't so fussy about the goodie bags. For them, we find this by the Hagana and Pesach also, they liked parched wheat. You didn't have to give them sugar. That was like the kid's snack, was parched wheat. Rashi hechil Regila Rekin Latinochus, But they used to give this out. water ha'klayis? Kish ha'shibolim lachim. When the sheaves were wet, miyavshin a popcorn, a uh, popwheat, you would dry them in the oven. Vehen klayos umisukin And they were sweet. Sweet wheat. Anybody know why it would be sweet? Well, it Is that what it caramelized The sugar like... uh, uh So at any rate, this, this puffed corn was like the kid's treat. And they would hand it out at the weddings. Uh, and so if people remember, oh, I was a little kid, I got the best goodie bag. Kids remember that kind of stuff. Oh, at this wedding, I got the good, you know, they had this kind of sweets. So if the kids remember that, so then you know that's enough to collect for a virgin wedding. Can that be a qualified aid? It, it, at the time. Ah, oh, that's a good question. That's a good question, yeah. Sure. Um, so, we, 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 Argumar doesn't mention that, but that is a good point. Sure. Uh, what if they, but it's even more, they saw it as a child and now they're an adult. Right. Right. But, yeah. uh, let, uh, let's just assume they saw it as an adult. <laughs> they saw them handed out. They were the one giving the candy man. They were giving out the kids. So, umoda Reb Yeshua, Ba'omel Haver, Sodezusha, Avichah, Uh There's a different case where somebody says, they admit the field belongs to your father, but I bought it from him, shuhu We'll see what that case is. Meretz tomorrow. So have a great day, everyone. Again, I hope to do the podcast.